0: Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. We're continuing our series on feelings and faith, and we're so thankful for each one of you who are tuned in with us and eager to follow Jesus with a soft heart uh, towards God and towards the people in your life, the people that you get to minister to. And uh, what better way to begin a Soul Talk than with one of our Soul Talk cards from Journey of the Soul. We have a playing deck of cards that goes through all of the Christ stages in the Journey of the Soul, and each card has a Bible verse on it and a Soul Talk question related to that stage. So I've got a a card here from the inner journey stage or i stage and the verse is Jesus wept two words shortest verse in the bible that says so much that's john 11:35 and um uh, question is how does it impact you to consider Jesus weeping over your suffering that's what Jesus is uh, doing there is he's weeping for Martha and Mary and people who are grieving the death of Lazarus and uh Jesus feels sad.
1: Yeah, well, it helps me a lot because if I really trust that Jesus was having emotions authentic there, which I I do, then it it helps me not feel shame when I'm overcome by emotion and I weep and it helps me to realize and connect with his empathy for me and my sadness and my weeping.
0: Jesus is the, the full and perfect, glorious human being and he wept, he had sadness, uh, he grieved, and uh, he was fully entered into the human condition. He wasn't just um, caught up in, well, I'm just going to raise Lazarus from the dead, there's no point of feeling sad. He's entering into the grief that uh, his loved ones are feeling, and he's experiencing the realities of death uh, himself.
1: Yeah, he let himself feel pain emotionally as well as physically, we know. Oh, he, he's a co-sufferer with
0: us. So you're taking heart and strength uh, and courage and compassion from Jesus.
1: Very much, in comfort, yeah.
0: Yeah. So for me, how does it impact me to see Jesus um, weeping and uh, to see Jesus processing emotions of sadness? Yeah, it reminds me of the healing pathway of sadness that... Um, I would tend to be more aware of emotions like uh, anxiety and stress and uh, feeling worried or getting discouraged and wrestling with uh, feelings of shame or being frustrated and uh, angry about something. And so often what's underneath these other emotions is uh, uh, some loss or some hurt or some unmet need that I'm sad about. And sadness is vulnerable. Sadness is tender. And so... I, it helps me to see Jesus leaning into that place of vulnerability and uh, and grief and brokenness, and to know that uh, that's actually strong. You know, as as uh, the Lord spoke to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is made perfect uh, even in your weakness. When you're weak and you you put your trust and your faith in me, the Lord says to to Paul in the matter of his uh, thorn in the flesh. Uh, that's what the Lord would say to you and to me and so uh, i need that reminder it's good for me to admit that while somewhere inside i feel sad and t- to find that emotion in different situations and then to seek the lord's uh, loving presence and find someone who will listen and validate my emotions and give me support
1: this has been helpful to you I, and i even just this week there was something that we were talking about and i was telling you i don't even remember what it was but i was telling you what i was feeling and you ask the question, you know, well, tell me, I want to listen to your emotions. And then I thought, okay, now he's, he's wondering where the sadness is. <laughs> he's he's looking for the sadness because he knows that that's what's going to be helpful for me to get in touch with that. So just knowing that helped me to look for that. And then as I was talking, I was able to find it and share it with you and get free of, you know, all the negative emotion that was in my body that didn't, actually had woken me in the night.
0: Yeah, and so when you were vulnerable with sad emotions, and you're putting words to that, as I'm, as I'm listening, and then you're f- feeling me with you, that's giving you that that comfort and also the uh, this encouragement and strength.
1: Mm-hmm. Very much, yeah. I didn't didn't feel alone, and I wasn't I wasn't real. I, I didn't have to rely on defense mechanisms anymore.
0: Yeah, that's that's a big difference. Instead of relying on defense mechanisms, where you're distracting or denying mm-hmm. the uh, emotional distress, mm-hmm. you're you're admitting it. You're bringing it into relationship, mm-hmm. and so sadness um, is a pathway that can facilitate that experience of empathy and grace that nourishes and strengthens us. Yes, we're we're re-engaging in relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. Then, you know, negative emotions can sort of take us out. If you listen to our podcast regularly, you've probably heard in the past where we've done some talks on this very subject that underneath emotions like anxiety or resentment or discouragement is often sadness. And just remembering that can be really helpful as you're uh, dealing with your own emotional processes. you go through your life and your work. And certainly as you're listening to friends or in your ministry helping other people you can uh, listen for you know where where's the sadness and uh, in different challenges that people have, and then try to help them find words for that, and then uh, minister God's presence through your empathy there. And you'd be surprised how how helpful and encouraging that will be for people.
1: Bill, we've been texting back and forth with a ministry couple, pastors, and they they and their family all have been fighting COVID, and they have been really good about. Responding to our our questions of our care on text with sharing their sadness, sadness over how hard it is for their kids to be in quarantine, how much their kids are missing the relational connections, and um, just I've just been so proud and grateful that they have been valuing, you know, being being able to feel and share. There's sadness over that, and, and they've been responding with such gratitude because they're receiving empathy, they're receiving comfort, they're receiving freedom and, and courage, which is our experience too as we take courage to get in touch with and share our emotions with safe people.
0: That's a sign of emotional health, and that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about uh, five practices of healthy churches. And as we're continuing the series on feelings and faith and Uh, What does it look like to live uh, as a disciple of Jesus, uh, leaning into emotional honesty and health? So we've got uh, five practices here. Uh, The leader is authentic and uh, appropriate with um, vulnerability, emotional vulnerability. And secondly, studying Jesus' emotions and the Psalms. We can do that in church. And thirdly, training uh, small group leaders in empathy. In our churches, we have different groups that meet, and those leaders can benefit greatly from training and empathy, giving and receiving, uh, active listening, and a soft heart. Emotionally honest groups like uh, Celebrate Recovery, other 12-step groups, or like using our book, Journey of the Soul. Books like that help to facilitate conversation as well as personal sharing around uh, topics of emotion and uh, struggle, where we're needing to trust God and, and support one another, and then fifthly, um, mentoring in solitude and also in soul talk, like on retreats, when we is something we do in our soul shepherding ministries. We balance out times of solitude and silence with times of coming together in community and being being vulnerable. So those are five way five practices of healthy churches.
1: So that, that's a really important list. And some of our listeners might be thinking, I don't know about that. I mean, really small groups, empathy. I mean, aren't, aren't, isn't that kind of soft or, you know, isn't that kind of fragilizing people? Uh, but I think that what we need to realize is that, and we've seen this a lot in people that we talk to. And we hear this a lot in people we talk to and we've experienced it in our own life that if a group isn't safe, I'm not going to be vulnerable. And if I'm not able to bring my true self into a group, the amount that the group is going to be able to benefit me is going to be greatly reduced. And oftentimes what I'll do is I'll actually hide my true self and I'll leave feeling shame that, well, I guess I'm the only one here that's feeling this way. And I'll project on, I'll I'll compare how I feel on the inside with how others present on the outside and I'll feel shame. And we know people stop coming to church because of this.
0: Yeah, because they're feeling uh, judged for not having things more together or being stronger in, in their thinking or having their experience in, in their life match up to their beliefs. And so, yeah, it's easy to look at other people who are are dressed nice and acting really good and think you know, they, they've got everything together here, and I, I'm the one that's all messed up on the inside. And so then we, we feel bad about that, and then we hide that, and we isolate.
1: And it it inhibits our spiritual growth when we're not being honest and bringing our full self, our true self, even honest about our emotions into the light, into our relationship with the Lord.
0: And that's why the first thing on this list of five practices of healthy churches is when the leader is authentic and uh, can be emotionally vulnerable, that gives permission to everybody. And so that's not only for the, the pastor or teacher, but also for small group leaders when you can uh, whatever the uh, book of the Bible you're studying or a sermon series or, you know, if you're going through a, a book with your group, when you can run that material through your life and talk about how that's going for you personally, then that helps uh, people around you feel that, well, that they can be emotionally honest also. They, they This is a place for real talk. We, we can talk about it if maybe maybe we're not feeling God's presence this week. Or maybe we didn't do all all the disciplines that we intended to do to to love God and serve people around us and, and just be real about that.
1: We often have people thank us. One of the things people thank us for the most is our vulnerability because they they feel like we're articulating some of their experiences and it's helping them to take courage to be vulnerable themselves. It's helping them to not feel alone. It's helping them is kind of validating their own emotions and struggles and giving them permission to to seek care.
0: Yeah, so we were just with a group of um, pastors in the Antioch churches, so 45 lead pastor couples uh, in Waco, Texas. And What a great group of pastors, um, men and women this is, and uh, church planners that are in cities across America and... Uh, different different countries around the world and just all the energy to be with them and then their staff as well and so 650 people total and this is a church that's really on mission you know for over 30 years now they've been uh, expanding and sharing the gospel of jesus in places all around the world and uh, one of their values is intimacy with Jesus. And they were wanting to lean into that value more this year than ever before because of the pandemic and all, all the stress and, and conflict and tiredness that pastors are dealing with. And so they brought us in to do soul care training. And uh, it was really um, an honor to to be with them and to share with them. And I think you right, Christy. One of the things that was important is that we were sharing some from our own life. And, you know, I told a story about... Um, being hurried and rushing around and being stressed and, and not, not living into uh, peace and patience and, uh, enjoying God's presence and, uh, and how that was affecting my ability to be, uh, emotionally attentive and kind and, and loving. And so, yeah, a lot of the pastors relate to that. because a lot of type A pastors there that are working hard and, really focused on, uh, their mission and growing their church and reaching more people. And so that sort of, um, vulnerability is really refreshing for people. And then of course, helping, helping each other to say, well, so, you know, what did you do, Bill, when you were, uh, hurried and, and stressed and, you know, learning things like, well, let's, let's talk about empathy and, uh, being emotionally honest and, well, let's talk about doing a, a breath prayer from the Bible, for instance, and doing some deep breathing to slow down and uh, not not be r- racing around in- internally or externally.
1: Yeah, I think that what this denomination did for their pastors was so healthy and so beautiful and so good that all the pastors were like, we're so thankful. We're so thankful for this. We needed this so much. We didn't even realize how much we needed this. And a couple of their pastors shared their own experiences with being emotionally honest and vulnerable and receiving soul care. And it gave permission for others to say, oh, I need that too. Actually, that could be possible for me. And they got the vision of that. And then this this church was so beautiful in the way that they, they brought us to pour into the pastors, but they also had us meet you know, have opportunity for the pastor couples to sign up to meet with us for soul care. And, you know, every slot was filled because the pastors were realizing, oh, I'm realizing, you know, that this is actually okay, that I need this, and I can be honest about this. And they were so thankful and they were so grateful. And so it was, this was something that hadn't been a part, an emphasis in their culture, and they were so thankful for it. They They were just receiving it with such gratitude and realizing how helpful and healthy it was one of the things though on this list that might also surprise people is solitude well why is solitude an Mm. important part of healthy churches and healthy church leadership and it actually relates to what we're talking about because it's in solitude if we spend time in solitude and we disconnect from all of the people that we're trying to please or earn their respect or, you know, whatever else, what other motivations are coming from people that we're maybe not conscious of. And all the distractions that come when we're not in solitude from engaging with other things or defense mechanisms that are accessible to us when we're not in solitude, we actually begin to feel our emotions. We actually begin to get in touch with what we really feel. Our emotions begin to surface. And that becomes scary and overwhelming sometimes, and that's why you've got in there solitude in the context of
0: community. Yeah, and so you've found this personally, Christy, that when you have have unhooked from the um, sort of your your image and and ego needs and the ways that people need you uh, or want your time and to give that time over to just uh, the Lord and to loving on God and being in God's presence, which doesn't always feel intimate with God. Mm -hmm. It might feel restless or boring Mm -hmm. Um, or like you're going through the motions of doing some meditation and not necessarily feeling God's presence the way Mm -hmm. you'd want to. But you stay with that time of solitude and you're saying that one of the things that that has done for you is it helps to surface for you deeper feelings that you're having in your life.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. and. I used to want to avoid that. I used to avoid solitude because I didn't want that. And it was because I didn't have a safe place to process and share the emotions once I got in touch with them. But having, now having and learning the health and the importance and the freedom that comes when I let myself get in touch with my emotions and then I let myself process them and receive empathy, the freedom, the energy, the reconnection with God that comes, the insight, the the fruit for ministry even, is is big, and so it's worth, it's worth it. It's worth facing, the discomfort of it.
0: Say more about the experience that you know. I didn't want to, get in touch with those intense emotions, those uh, needs that were under the surface, um, because I think what you're saying is that can be overwhelming.
1: Yeah. Well, I think um, you know. As a child, I think my emotions sometimes overwhelmed my family. They hadn't received empathy. They hadn't known how to deal with emotions. And so, as a little girl, I, when I was alone, and I would feel emotions, I didn't feel like I could bring them to my family for comfort and care. And so, it, it felt like punishment to be to be alone. Mm. And so, as an adult. I would avoid solitude because it it felt like punishment.
0: You put kids in time out,
1: right? Yeah. yeah, and and so you know, coming out of that being alone, uh, there wasn't a, a new connection that would come that was healing or reparative mm-hmm. because, understandably, my parents hadn't experienced that, so they didn't they didn't have a vision for that or how to give that, and so I would just avoid the solitude because it felt like punishment.
0: And you just thought you were too emotional. Uh huh. Too, I just too emotional I just, too sensitive, mm-hmm. yes. uh, too needy, like a burden, yes. like a problem
1: so the best I could do was just try to avoid my emotions and just try to use defense mechanisms and things to try to
0: like helping other people or being busy or putting on a happy face and thinking positive thoughts and
1: or distracting with work or you know mm-hmm. shopping or uh, watching some kind of entertainment. And I will say, it even kept me from, it It inhibited my spiritual growth a lot because I would go to the Bible to try to read and I couldn't read. I was too distracted. Like I couldn't receive even from scripture because I was too distracted. I couldn't yeah. be present to God and his word.
0: Yeah, so repressed emotion and underlying emotional distress is often uh, the reason why we have difficulty concentrating, really focusing or being really present with a soft heart and compassion for other people but
1: learning this rhythm of solitude and then reconnection in safe community where i can be honest and authentic and receive empathy and god's grace and love through ambassadors of him has been catalytic for my growth emotionally and spiritually
0: because each and supports the other by yes. having a relationship where Someone will listen to you and be patient with you and uh, be tender towards you. That gives you strength to go into solitude Mm -hmm. and do that inner work where there's going to be some distress or emptiness that surfaces. Mm -hmm. And then that time in solitude creates a certain depth of soul, a certain uh, greater like awareness into your, your life and your experience and your needs and your longings and your hurts and your struggles. And so then you can bring that depth then to someone, maybe a a small group that's a safe group or a friend who's really good at asking questions and then giving you empathy.
1: Yes. And that's, that's why, you know, oftentimes people that are helping us with our Institute retreats, we have people that volunteer to help with the food and feeding people and hospitality. And they always are marveling at, I can't believe the difference in this or that. You know, person from when they started, they came on retreat, and how you know how they how they looked and how they presented, and how they're feeling now, because they see the countenance change, they see the burdens lift, they see the freedom come, they see the 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 way that the the Lord has met them. They see they see the results of this spiritual treatment.
0: Yeah, I think we've had approaching two hundred people now experience the Soul Shepherding Institute, and. Time and again with, with each person and all different kinds of people, uh, church pastors, but not just church pastors, lots of other uh, servants and leaders of the Lord uh, on on mission and doing different types of ministry and in, in work in God's kingdom, uh, men and women in all different ages, uh, not just folks in their 50s and 60s, we have more and more young people in their 30s. Uh, and, and
1: all different races too.
0: Yeah, and from all all different countries, and but there's a commonality of people that we get to have in our community, and they're people that are pressing in closer to Jesus with with a, a heart of of devotion and um and, and a and a desire for this intimacy with God, and in relationship for an authenticity for for realness, uh, emotional honesty, and so uh, there are a lot of things about the way we do the Soul Shepherding Institute week but that I think facilitate this experience of deep and transformational community. But I think the heart of it is what we're talking about now, which is this balance of solitude and community and being very intentional with that.
1: So honey, somebody might be saying, you know, well, Bill and Christy, you're talking so much about emotions and healthy church, but how is this biblical? And I mean, I think you said it here in the Psalms is an example
0: well, here's one example, uh, Psalm 32, verse 3, uh, David says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. He goes on to talk about acknowledging his sin, being, being honest and uh, vulnerable, um, about that dysfunction, uh, that brokenness, that uh, wrongness in, in his life. Uh, and he says, You know, I'm going to confess these transgressions to the Lord. And he experiences forgiveness. He experiences mercy. And embedded in that, he's experiencing empathy because God is listening to him with grace. And then he talks about the other side of it, not only his own uh, mess ups, but those of other people against him. Because other people sin against us, or other people have brokenness and struggles, and that affects us. And so. He's crying out to God as his hiding place, his safe place, and says, you know, you will protect me from trouble and surround me with uh, songs of deliverance. And uh, so there's, there's a lot of uh, vulnerability and an openness that David is expressing to God. And embedded in that is a lot of different types of emotion. Different Psalms, you know, our different emotions are featured and emphasized more. And he comes down to the end of this Psalm, and he he talks about the lord's unfailing love surrounding the person who will trust in God to to trust to be to be vulnerable to be dependent to to bring our 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 soft side, our broken side or our hurting side or our needs our, our of course our our sin uh, to God to to receive that that acceptance and that love uh, that's unfailing and surrounds us, and embraces us. And so, yeah, David is really, in his prayer, he's really asking God for a hug. And he's saying, you know, I need, I need you to accept me despite my um, my problems and weaknesses and, and my brokenness. And so it's really, it's everywhere in, in the Bible.
1: I, I think that it is true, and even Jesus' prayer for the church in John 17, that their joy may be full, that's one of the things he prays. Our, our joy is fuller after we we become emotionally honest with God and and an ambassador of him. And he prays that the church will be one as he and the father are one. And I know like our, our intimacy with God and with each other has grown exponentially as we've been emotionally honest with each other. and, and so I think that is a part of the unity. And, and this is something I think our listeners need to know that you can grow in. So my family I talked about as an example of this. I've seen incredible growth in my family in this area. They've gotten healthy in this way. And now I can bring my emotions to my family. And they're empathetic. And I feel, I feel loved. I feel grace. I feel like they know, they know how to be with me and my emotions. And I don't feel shame anymore over having those emotions.
0: And so we just want to affirm each one of you who are listening because you are leaning into the presence of Jesus and to a faith uh, in God that is authentic, that's real, that uh, admits and expresses our emotions and our needs and helps other people to do that and if we haven't met you yet, we would love to meet you. We would be awesome if you could come to our Soul Shepherding Institute. You can even earn a certificate in the ministry of spiritual direction. This is the best thing we do in soul shepherding, and the life change that people experience and the the overflow ministry that they get into is awesome. And with just the testimonies that come out of our Soul Shepherding Institute weeks and the the spiritual direction training program, which happens online in-between retreats uh, it's so encouraging and just we just love having all of you in our community thanks for being a part of soul talks and i uh, hope you've picked up a copy of the soul talk cards those are what we started this podcast with and you can find those on our soul shepherding website but those will help you they're great for devotions they're great for uh, soul friendships just flipping out a card is a fun way to to start a conversation over coffee or in a small group.
1: And we appreciate your prayers because as you imagine, we experience a lot of opposition in, you know, running these institutes. So pray for us with this that, you know, God provides for us with all that we need facilities-wise. He always has, but there's definitely a lot of battle around that. And so we we cherish your prayers. We also cherish your participation with soul shepherding by doing things like giving us a star rating. On this podcast, it helps other people find us and helps the church grow to be healthier and give Journey a Soul a rating there on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever it is that you uh, follow books, because that also helps more people to find it and to, to join this journey of emotional and spiritual growth.
0: Lord, we just thank you for your grace to us. And just thank you that your word is just full of wisdom, real life wisdom to help us live lives that are pleasing to you lives that are, are good and uh, expressive of your patience your kindness and your uh, your love and your your truth and we so want to be more like jesus and we can only do that as we help each other to set the eyes of our hearts on, on you lord and that we would journey together and so thank you, Lord, for how you use this podcast to, to start Soul Talk Conversations and to strengthen a, a real and authentic faith in Jesus. And that's what we all want to live into. We want to help the people in our churches and uh, the people in our lives in our families to grow in their emotionally honest faith in Jesus as well. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have a fun soul shepherding resource for you. Uh, It's new with the release of Journey of the Soul. And these are called Soul Talk Cards. They're like a playing deck of cards. And for each of the Christ stages of faith that we talk about in Journey of the Soul... We have uh, eight different cards, and they're uh, very attractive, professionally designed. you got the symbol for the Christ stage on there, and then uh, you, you turn the card over, and you see a Bible verse that relates to that stage of faith and a soul talk question. And so this is a great way, not only to learn the stages of faith, but to share them with a friend and to get to know each other better, to share your stories. And, you know, it's just kind of fun to just pick a card at random and then... Uh, look at that. You could use it in your devotions or uh, in in a small group. People could all share a response to the questions and uh, it's uh, nourishing us in our journey with Jesus. So you'll find those on soulshepherding.org in our store. These make a great gift for friends as well. Sometimes all of us can benefit from receiving spiritual direction. And that's why Soul Shepherding has trained a team of senior spiritual directors that are available to you in order to listen to you with empathy and ask great questions and to guide you in your intimacy with Jesus and in your soul care. And so I want to encourage you to go to soulshepherding.org network and there you'll find a team of women and men who are available to you to guide you on your journey with Jesus.